Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. For today's show, we have another person that I met in real life at Social Media Marketing World, and I really enjoyed getting to know better, Ian Anderson Gray. And today, we talk all about tools to help you manage your social media. Ian runs a social media blog called Seriously Social and is a web developer and digital marketing consultant. He is co-founder of Select Performers Internet Solutions, a family-run web and digital marketing agency based in the northwest of England. He has a passion for turning the technobabble of the web, social media, and technology into plain English. As well as being a geek, husband and dad to two rather lively children, Ian is also a professional singer and lives in Manchester, UK. Now this interview is from a live hangout on air that I did with Ian where our live audience participated by asking questions during the interview. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head on over to manlypinterestips.com and join our email community to find out how you can be a part of our live show. You can also now text Manly Pinterest Tips to 33444 on your mobile device. That's Manly Pinterest Tips to 33444. Ian is a great guy and very knowledgeable about social media, and I really enjoy every chance I get to talk with him. Plus, his English accent gives this show an air of sophistication. So enjoy my conversation with Ian Anderson Gray. Ian, thanks so much, man, for being here today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Jeff. It's really good to be here. I can't actually believe I'm I'm talking to you in your man cave. It's That's right. Exciting. It's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, we appreciate everybody who came by and is stopping by live. Um, if you have any questions uh, during our, their show, make sure you ask them in the comments, and we'll try to get to them during the show, and we'll answer them the best we can. Now, Ian, I didn't have a chance to ask you when we were hanging out at Social Media Marketing World, but how did you, how did you get the blend, and how did it happen? that you're a professional singer as well as this so the social media superstar what's the story behind that yes and it's it's kind of an odd combination and i find when people ask me what i do i kind of have to think about it a bit do i say i'm a musician or a singer or do i say i'm a web developer or a marketer but i think that's becoming more and more common these days you know more of us are do we we do lots of different things so my background uh, i've always been a bit of a geek always been interested in computers and technology but it was about um yeah i i basically played the cello and i and i sang at school and when i got to the to the end of school i was kind of thinking what do i do <laughs> with my life right and i kind of i kind of ended up just doing what i loved doing which was uh, music so i went to university did music and realized i liked singing so i went to music college to train to be a professional singer and i really enjoyed doing that uh, it was great when I left that, when I left music college, um, uh, I was do, doing a lot of um, singing professionally. But it's very difficult to make a living, you know, from from um, from that. Particularly because I'm 
I trained as a classical singer, so it's even more difficult. Um, so about the, about the time I went to university, the World Wide Web really started to be a big thing. You know, it was about 1994, and I started dabbling with websites. And by the end of university, I thought, mm, I quite like, quite enjoy doing this. Um, started building websites for my friends and colleagues. And um, my dad was also thinking about, he was retiring from his, his other job. So we decided to form a business and, and um, started building websites. We did them kind of for free to begin with and started building that up, uh, particularly building websites for musicians. And then we quickly realized musicians don't have any money. <laughs> so. Right. Um, if we were going to make a, a business out of this, we needed to to um, to to go and uh, build websites for uh, for small businesses and medium sized businesses. So that's what we did. And I started blogging about four or five years ago uh, for a bit of fun, and um, really enjoyed uh, playing with social media. And it was really that that um, made me go into the social media side of things and social media consultancy. And the rest is history. <laughs> gotcha. Well, how much how much time do you spend uh, singing today? And and so the the audience knows you can go to SoundCloud and actually listen to Ian uh, singing, and it is rather impressive. So uh, after the show, make sure you guys head over there to, and, and check him out on SoundCloud because it's it's pretty impressive to hear him sing. So, but how much how much do you do that today, Ian? Well, it's it's difficult. I mean, really, I, sh I, I don't get the chance to to practice very often. Um, but my dream is to really to make a. To, to make a living from from well, to continue to make a living from uh, the web side of things and the social media side of things, um, which will enable me to to sing without worrying about the money side of things, if that makes sense, because I enjoy doing that. But um, yeah, not not as much as I would like. Uh, sing with the children, obviously, and um, uh, that type of thing. So. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I wanted to bring up a comment real quick here um, and because it leads to our next conversation. Uh, Adrian says, uh, hey, Jeff, CNN, uh, looking forward to listening in and checking out the show. I know you guys will have a great time today. Sorry I missed social media marketing world. I heard all about it and how much fun you had. And we did have some fun. Um, I got to spend quite a bit of time with Ian uh, pretty much from the first night with the opening kind of mixer and then, you know, even going to the aircraft carrier and just throughout the conference, you know, we'd run each other and sit and have dinner or whatever. And so um, it was a great time. So, you know, I, I asked, did, I asked um, uh, Doreen some of these questions about social media marketing world last week, but I'm really interested into your take um, because it was such a great event for me. And I really think it helped others growing their business. What, what were your kind of overall thoughts of the event? I mean, you had even more of expense because you came over from England. Um, what are your thoughts on on going to a big networking thing like that? Well, it was a it was a tough decision in many ways. I kept on thinking about reasons why it wasn't a good idea to go. I was kept on thinking about the money and how how far it was away, and and also I wasn't really sure what I was going to get out of it. You know, um, I knew I would meet people that I. I've known online, um, but from a business point of view, it's really difficult to kind of know, to quantify what you're going to get out of these things. But deep down, there was this feeling that I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew somehow this, this just connecting with people, with other marketers, other people that I knew, that was where the magic was going to happen. And I can't, you know, I don't. Is it two weeks since, or two or three weeks since yeah, um, right. uh, we 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 were at the conference? I, I still couldn't kind of tell you in terms of the metrics or numbers what I would get out of what I've got out of it. But um, in terms of where I see my business moving forwards, in terms of the relationships and the connections, it's just been unbelievable. I mean, 
just being on the show with you is is one of those things, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, been fantastic and building those those relationships that I've had online with people, actually meeting people in real life, it it is just unreal. It, it just really furthers those relationships like no other way you can. So that's been absolutely fantastic, and I would definitely recommend. Um, people listening to this or watching this will will we'll go to the conference next year um don't give in to the fear um <laughs> and it's kind of i don't know whether you heard this but michael stelsner said something really that resonated with me he said sometimes when you doubt it's 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 that is actually a good if you're doubting a decision that's sometimes a good way of working out that actually that is the right thing to do because those doubts are probably to do with your fears um which may be to do with insecurity or, or something else like that. So don't give into that, go and do it. That's what I'm so pleased I did. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And it was interesting for the people who I've had on the show or I've talked uh, like Wade, who I've been, you know, virtually with video going back and forth with for long. It was like, we just, we just continued the conversation. It wasn't a big, you know, you know, Oh, I got to get a knowing awkwardness. It was like, Hey man, how are you doing? And we just kept on going. Um, I asked this question to Doreen too, but um, I'm thinking of small businesses. Uh, for the price of this conference, you could pretty much buy a new laptop. I mean, really. I mean, you could buy a nice MacBook Pro for the price you pay. Do you think it's it's a good investment for small businesses, uh, upgrading uh, equipment versus attending a big conference? And it doesn't have to be social media marketing world, but maybe something in their industry. What Which way would you land on that? Well, that's a really difficult decision because I suppose it depends on how much you need this new laptop, you know. Right. Um, um, but I think, again, it's it's a difficult decision because you can't necessarily quantify what you're going to get out of it. But do your research, you know, check, you know, look at the conference, look who's going to be there. What 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 is your reason for going there? Is it to learn things, learn new stuff? If that's the case, then maybe there are other ways of of of, uh, of learning that stuff. It could be an online course, for example. Right. Um, and I know with social media marketing world, they've they've got the virtual ticket, which is cheaper than going. But for m many of us, it's it's actually the meeting people, it's the networking, it's those relationships. And I don't think you can quantify that. I don't think you can compare that. And for me, although I could probably do with upgrading my laptop at some point. Right. Um, you know, um, I think going to the conference was absolutely the right thing to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. What would, what would you say would be your biggest takeaway, like learning wise, not just the networking, what would be the, uh, what would be the, um, kind of the one big tip? I mean, you mentioned Michael Stelzner, what would be a tip that you would, that you could share with uh, our audience that you learned at social media marketing world? Well, it was certainly that was that was good. Um, one of the things that resonated with me was what um, Mark Schaefer said, which I mean, he said, you know, he's not a he's not an expert; he's a student, hmm. and that's something that I kind of felt for quite some time. I don't particularly like the word expert. I think we're all learning. I think some of us obviously know more than others, and we want to share that, and that's part of being a consultant, really. So that resonated with me. Um, certainly, Jabez's um, talk on hugging, hugging your haters, that was good, because um, it's so easy to want to, to um, when, when people are nasty to you or a business online, to, to kind of get back in a very negative way. So that was a very, very positive um, talk from him. Mm -hmm. And what else? Uh, 
really for me i think the big the big thing was being yourself being authentic and it's a bit of a cliche it's a maybe a bit kind of sounds like common sense but my goodness you know how often do we um, like to shy away and kind of try and show try and put ourselves in an overly positive light and, and don't talk about the things that scare us or the things that maybe make us more real and there was a lot of that at the conference and um, that really resonated with me and it's something that I really want to do I, I, I don't want to kind of I, I want to share some of the things that I struggle with because I know other people will will struggle with those things and we can move forwards together that's a good point. And, and then authenticity, as I want to talk about that in a little bit later question, but because uh, this, this next one ties right into that. Uh, you had a, a conversation with Ralph and Carolyn on Web Search Social podcast. And, you know, there's a big debate uh, versus, you know, you got curating content, creating content or even regurgitating content, you know, and Guy Kawasaki was on a panel that we saw uh, with a bunch of other people and he touched on it in social media marketing world. You know, and to me, Pinterest is a lot of curating. I mean, that's what repins are. It's it's almost you're curating content or you're you're finding stuff and you're putting it in boards. Um, so, what are your thoughts on curating versus creating? Should we stop curating so much and really focus on that? You know, great content or that we create ourselves, or, or how, where do you kind of land in that? Oh well, I yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say curating is always bad i think it can be it can be a good strategy for your business i mean but it depends on how you define curating really i mean i'm a big fan of triber which is this platform where you can for those who don't know it's it's a way where you you join with other people maybe in your in your area of business and you together you share each other's content to to extend the reach and to bring your content to a wider audience you it's that kind of thing you could say that's kind of curating um I don't think Triber would see it that way, but it kind of is. Um, and in a way, I would say Pinterest is not too dissimilar to that. You know, it, it, particularly in group boards, where you are connecting with maybe like-minded people, and you're kind of adding adding uh, pins to the board, and, and you're you're kind of building it up that way. Um, I think to give you an example where I feel for for me curating wasn't a good. Idea. I, I dabbled with a podcast uh, about a couple of years ago. Mm. It was called Seriously Social News. And I in, ended up giving it up because of the amount of time that I had to put into it. It was taking me effectively a day to produce this. So it was a weekly show where I was effectively, you know, talking about the, the news and social media and technology. It took a long time to research, research it. I had to write a script. I had to read it. I had to then put a blog post together. And to be honest, you know, the, the news was, I mean, after, after that week, you know, it was all kind of old news. So that wasn't working well for me as a business. Um, and so I suppose I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but in answer to your question, um, I think it depends on what you're wanting to achieve as a business. And I think curating can be good if, you, if, if, it, if you've looked at it and you researched it. But for me, in that circumstance, it was absolutely not a good idea. Great. So what I'm hearing you say is that you need to see what your your interim goals are and what you're wanting to do. So, I mean, I, for me, Twitter, I broadcast stuff all the time. I mean, even for this podcast, I have countdowns like yesterday, early this morning, an hour, you know, 30 minutes before and five minutes before. And, you know, some people would think that's maybe too much or whatever. But to me, Twitter to me is broadcasting. I'm not and I'm trying to provide my audience who I know are following me 
value. And so I share stuff about social media. I share stuff from Peg and Rebecca and you, and I'm on Triber as well. So the stuff with Ralph gets shared there too. So I think I'm trying to add value to my uh, audience. And I think that's the big thing people need to realize and not just to just throw junk out there, but really trying to provide who are your followers? What is your, what are they, what are they wanting from you and how can you provide value? And I think curating for me in that way is a good idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I do exactly, well, a very similar thing to you. Um, but I really see that I've, I've done that for years. I've come across something on, on the web that I want to share with my Twitter followers and I will share that. So whether that be Triber, another t technique that I, I use is I'm a big fan of Feedly. So I've subscribed to a lot of, um, a lot of, blogs that I find really, really interesting and I see a value in. Um, and whenever I, I go through my Feedly list, I see an article that I think that's really, really good. I will save it for later. And then I use a tool called IFT or IFTTT, whatever you want to call it, which will then automatically add that onto my buffer. Um, so buffer is a tool that schedules to Twitter. Um, so I'm kind of automating it, but not, um, it's kind of, semi-automated in the sense that I'm choosing what I want to share. It's not just automated finding stuff. Um, so I will find something that I want to share and then I, I will save it for later and then it will get added to Buffer, which will then tweet it out at a, a time during the week. Right. That works well for me. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're not just randomly sharing stuff. You're sharing stuff that's, you know, uh, value to your audience. Here's a, here's a something from Mike Alton. He says, uh, Hey, that's actually a great answer, Ian, because curation isn't the same and doesn't work the same for every business. So mm -hmm. uh, that's very true, Mike. Um, yeah, another question I want to ask you, because you talked about the same thing in that podcast and we alluded to it before is authentic authenticity. I'll try to get that right. Um, <laughs> how much should we share online? That's a big question also is, you know, some, where do you draw the line? Because being authentic, you know, I want to, I want to be real. And they talk about a lot of that in social media marketing world, but also how real is too much, you know, where's, where's the line? Yeah. Well, that's a really difficult question. Um, and there's three, I mean, there's kind of three words that I tend to kind of are very similar. So there's transparency, there's authenticity and there's honesty. I think honesty is always obviously, that's obviously a good thing. You know, we shouldn't be telling lies or, or showing kind of, a side of ourselves that's completely untrue, you know, because at the end of the day, we want to, we want to build up a loyal audience, people who trust us, you know, trust is so, so important on social, on social media. Um, but I think you can be authentic without sharing everything. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if I've had a really, really bad day, um, and then I go on Twitter or Facebook and I, maybe if I share something of that, that's okay. But if I, if I kind of go on about how awful and life is awful and rubbish and maybe I've, maybe I'm depressed. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure many of us have gone through a time of, of depression and maybe certain channels aren't the best place for that because some people will be interested in that. Some people who maybe don't know you won't be interested in that. So I think you need to think very carefully on the channel, the type of people that the people that you're sharing that with, um, and how you express that. So um, I, I'm all for, for being real and you're not, not for saying everything's absolutely perfect all the time, but uh, I think you need to be careful of um, how you word that and to think about the people listening to um, what you're talking about. Right. And the cool thing too, is there's, you know, there's a lot of things that I will share private message wise with a group 
or individuals that I met on social that are far away. I've, I've shared things with Mike before uh, and Wade and, and some other people that, hey, I need help with this or, man, I am just this client is driving me up the wall. <laughs> Stuff that you can't really share online. No, no. But I have a place to do it. And that's a good way to to still be authentic and, and be real and, and develop relationships too. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about authenticity in, in social media. And, and in fact, when I use this video and I strip it out of the audio out for the podcast is I intentionally don't clean stuff up. I mean, a lot of podcasters do and they make it super tight and it's almost unnatural. And I leave all the ums and ahs and when somebody drops out and I've actually had people comment, they like it that because it's that raw. I mean, I put a bumper at the beginning and a bumper at the end and that's it. Uh, and, and I think I think more and more companies be showing that side that they're real people too, is going to be better for brands in the long run. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree. Um, I, I just go, I'm going to say lots of ums now, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> but, but they're but they're British ums, and so they sound oh, okay. Is that, is that yeah, okay? They're oh, really good. Okay. Yeah, brilliant. So. Yeah, I had this issue that I wanted to, I, I'm still wanting to, to relaunch a podcast and I'm wanting to do videos more. But in my mind, there was, I wanted to create this perfect um, product, this perfect video. I wanted to have a good backdrop. I wanted to have a really good video. I wanted to have perfect sound. And it was never going to happen. You know, and maybe, maybe it would um, after a couple of years of investment and researching it. But by that time, it would be too late. So I posted a video about four or five weeks ago now. It was done on my smartphone. My hair was a complete mess. And it was completely just off the cuff. And I, I did it basically to, to say to myself, look, you can do it. And I was sharing basically thoughts about, I can't remember now, about authenticity and social media. Right. And it proved to me that actually you don't need to necessarily have everything perfect. You know, just a smartphone, for example. I mean, if you've got a decent microphone, that helps, obviously. Um, and we've all got stuff to share. You know, we've all got our stories to tell and we've all got um, things that we know that we can share with other people. And so... I think, yeah, going for it. That's 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 the main thing. And yes, okay, if you've got the time to get rid of the ums and the ers, fine. But yeah, just be yourself. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very important. And now I want that you just move right to the next topic I want to talk about because I know you started doing those videos. Um, is there? A re I mean, you said you didn't want to wait too long. Is there? Do you see video as a huge thing that that if you're wanting to succeed on social media, that people are going to have to start doing? Not necessarily. I think it's down to, I, I, well, in one, set, one sense, yes, I think video is going to be big and it already is a big thing. I mean, we've got the likes of Meerkat and Periscope, you know, with the, the live, live streaming video, which is becoming a, going to be a massive thing. We've got Google Hangouts on air, which is a fantastic um, tool. Um, I love writing. I love blogging, but it's very time consuming. Um, and I was actually saying to Mike Alton the other day, you know, uh, he was asking me how often I write my blog and, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I was going, Oh, don't ask me that question, you know, because I would love to write a blog every week or multiple times a week. But I suppose I, I, I my blog posts are very much about the quality and, and research and I want them to be really, really useful. So they take time, but video, actually I can just take my smartphone and speak, and hopefully some kind of sense and some kind of um, stream of consciousness will come out that will be helpful to people. And I don't, 
I don't really have to think that hard about it. It's just a way of getting content out there quickly um, that hopefully people will engage with and find interesting. So I think for me, it's that way of getting that content out there more regularly and uh, in a way that's maybe more authentic to me. Gotcha. What was the hardest thing for you when you started doing the video? Was it just seeing your face on camera or getting it? Was that the, the most difficult thing? What, what was the struggle? Well, yeah. I mean, I know for many people that that is a huge problem and, and it has been in the past. I mean, one of the, when I trained to be a singer, uh, we were trained to, to be, we were trained in, in kind of performing and we had to watch ourselves singing and it was awful i hated it i thought i don't do that do i i was swaying around and i was i, I didn't like the sound of my own voice um, and over the years i've just kind of i suppose i've just come to terms with the fact well you know at the end of the day when none of us particularly like the sound of our own voices none of us like the way we look and um, just get over it you know because um part of that is to do with the fact that when we listen to our own voices when we speak like I'm speaking now, I'm not hearing it in the same way that you will because just effectively my ears are at the side of my head and I'm hearing it just slightly differently. So it will be different, um, but just get over it um, because actually it's not about your voice. It's not necessarily about the way you look. It's about what you're talking about and communicating with people. Very good. There's that quote, and I hope I get it right. It's from John Acuff that says that, um, he said that 80% uh, perfect and out in the world is better than a hundred percent and still stuck in your head, oh, which I thought was so good. Yeah, he says it yeah. changes more lives uh, being 80% perfect. And so I just, I've always, that's what spurred me actually to do those mainly Mondays, which I need to do some more again, but uh, uh, cause it's not fun. I mean, it's hard work and it's, I, I'm like you, I think I sound like Kermit the frog, you know, hidey ho, good neighbor. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's tough seeing yourself and hearing yourself, but um Continue on the video idea. Do you think the Facebook video is huge? And I know you're a big tools guy. Do you think Facebook videos will surpass YouTube? Or what do you see the, the kind of the climate going to happen there? What do you think? That's a really tough one. I know, I do know that Facebook video is going to be big. I mean, you can already embed Facebook videos on your blog, on, on your website. And it's something that I'm going to start doing, actually. I think I'm going to start, instead of embedding YouTube videos, I will embed uh, Facebook videos because um, I think that reaches a wider audience. But I will still be doing YouTube. Um, I mean, that's particularly good for Google Plus and other other platforms. So I think YouTube has lost, well, not maybe yet, but it will lose its kind of dominance. I think Facebook will start to get a bit of the share of that. But whether it will surpass YouTube, I think that we'll have to wait and see. Not sure. For me, I found it was uh, worth filming a different ending for YouTube and Facebook of the same video. That way I could have a call to action at the end. That's just a little tip because, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would point and say, okay, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Well, you can't do that on Facebook. Those buttons yeah. don't work. And so I would have to film a different ending. And it worked out pretty well. So uh, I think more and more companies are going to start doing that is thinking about, okay, what platform am I on? I'm going to have to make that content for that platform mm -hmm. if they want to mm -hmm. capture all that. Um, do you use uh, Pinterest? Do you pin your videos on Pinterest? Have you tried that yet? That's one of the reasons I started using Pinterest, actually. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I've not done that many videos yet, but the videos that I have done, I have pinned to Pinterest. So I will continue to do that. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not a great, I'm not a huge Pinterest user, but I absolutely see the value in it. And I, I want to kind of continue moving forwards with that and start to use it better so i mean I'm, I'm a big fan of your show and i'm kind of always kind of listening into the tips and how to improve the, my strategy really with pinterest well you don't have a small following either i mean you've got a pretty decent 
group of, of boards on Pinterest, so it's nothing to sneeze at. Um, so um, I know you, one of your big things is uh, talking about social media tools and testing stuff out. Um, are there any special um, tools that you use for video when you're doing your video stuff? Are there anything uh, that, I mean, I know Meerkat and, and Periscope is, is cool. Um, is there anything else that you're that you use for? Well, I haven't, yeah, I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't really got um, used those tools yet because they're not available for Android yet. But uh, I know they're coming fairly soon, so I will be I'll be using Meerkat and, and Periscope for video. Um, I actually use Camtasia, um, which seems a bit odd, but I, I do a lot of um, I do a lot of screen sharing uh, that works really well. And actually, for me, just recording video on my smartphone or on my webcam and then just importing it into Camtasia works works well for me. Um, I do have access to um, Premiere because um, I've got a Creative Cloud right. account, but it's just over overboard for what I need at the moment. So that, that's how, how I use it. I've been using, I've been doing video for years, and I would have killed for a, a smartphone like this. You know, when I first started, I mean, the stuff that you can do now. My kids are making movies and trailers, and I mean, it's just awesome. And so, yeah, um, yeah I mean, so you, I think companies and 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 pin that stuff to Pinterest because it works. Mm -hmm. um what are you mentioned some you know buffer and if then if that i that one if then do that thing. I, always <laughs> yeah, I think you pronounce i think you, i think you pronounce it if but i, yeah. I just say if this yeah. that. but um yeah the uh, i know you use those are there any other of your favorite social media tools that you use that you could tell us about well uh, yes i mean I, i've been looking for i suppose a this kind of one tool that rules them all, you know, the kind of Lord of the Rings type of tool, right. uh, you know, and I know a lot of people use Hootsuite. Um, Hootsuite is a really good tool in the sense that you can um, manage a lot of networks all from one dashboard. Um, I personally kind of didn't really get on that well with Hootsuite. Um, so I've dabbled around with other ones. I've used TweetDeck. I quite, I'm really enjoying using Agora Pulse at the moment, which is, uh, it's it's a little bit more expensive than the, the Hootsuite Pro account, but it, it has uh, really very good reports and analytics all built in. It supports Facebook pages and Twitter accounts, and they're going to be also supporting Instagram in the next, hopefully, the next few weeks. So I, I use Agora Pulse a lot. For Pinterest, I use Tailwind. I find that really, really useful. Um, and as well as if, if this, then that, I integrate that with the likes of Feedly and Buffer uh, and other tools. Okay. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Friends Plus Me. I don't know if have you ever used a Friends Plus yeah. Me for yeah, Google I, I Plus? Played, I played with it a little bit. Um, now, did Agora Pulse, did they just come out with, I, I see all these people talking about it all of a sudden. Did they, just yeah. come, out, did they come out with a new uh, update or something? Or why is, why is that rising so fast? Yeah, no, it's interesting. Well, I think it's Agora Pulse when it came when it kind of started. It was mainly for it was for Facebook. It was a way that you could add apps and you could add tabs to your your Facebook page. Um, and it's since then it's changed quite a bit. So it's no longer really about that. It's about although it still has that functionality and it's got this way of capturing email addresses and things like that and uh, segmenting your fans. It's they added Twitter maybe a year or two ago, um, and then they've um, and, and and now they're going to be adding uh, Instagram. So I think it's just becoming a, a, a bigger tool. And also, Emmerich, uh, who is the co-founder, was also at Social Media Marketing World, so he was probably spreading a bit of love as oh. well. He's a really he's a really cool guy actually, Emmerich. So he's he's worth um, connecting with. Gotcha. Um, 
Now, I know a lot of the most popular tools, and you mentioned them like Hootsuite and even Sprout Social and some other mm-hmm. ones, uh, and a lot of them are used for scheduling posts on social media, and then usually they have analytics built in or whatever. Um, now, what does that do to your authenticity? Do you, I mean, where's the balance between, I mean, I know you, people don't want a robot post and stuff, so how do you balance the authenticity, I can't even, whatever, <laughs> that one word, transparency, with, um, that's real, folks, it's real, it's uncensored, um, with, um, you know, trying to get your work done. I mean, there's a balance there. How do you, how do, you do that? Yeah, well, I, I think scheduling, I mean, that, scheduling is a kind of a form of automa- automation. Um, I think there's bad automation and good automation. I think scheduling is absolutely fine. Um, but automating your engagement, automating replies is not good. Um, so, I mean, uh, I think for me, scheduling works really, really well because if, if I'm going to be on Twitter all day, that's not a good use of my time. Right. Um, I need some downtime. Um, I need some time to spend with my family. I need time to run a business. I mean, at the end of the day, I love social media, but I, I, I need to I need to make my business work. I want to make money. I want to support the family. So I think all those things um, and scheduling enables me to do all those things. Um, and so I can spend what I tend to do for, for me. I spend half an hour t- in the morning just to to get. Uh, through all my mentions on Twitter, go through Google Plus, I'll then not use, not get, log on to those for maybe another hour or so, and then maybe go on again. So for me, I do it in those batches. Mm-hmm. So a social media tool such as uh, Hootsuite, Sprout Social, Agora Pulse is really, really useful with that because you can then, you know who you've responded to and you can do it that way. That works well for me. Gotcha. I, I do the same kind of thing. I even have a coffee and triber are my two things I do in the morning. So that's kind <laughs> that of how sounds good. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of great uh, new uh, Pinterest scheduling tools uh, that are out on Tailwind. You know, that's and you mentioned that before. That's one I use as well. It's awesome. Um, And I think there's there needs to be a mix of scheduling and live stuff, at least for Pinterest, because uh, there's even some studies out there that they say that the way you're you fall in the smart feed can depend on how much you're actually on the platform. And so I try to mix it up where I pin organically and then I have scheduled pins uh, throughout the day. And then I pin again, all kind of organically, not organically at night because of that reason. So I think it's important to find out what is going on uh, in a certain network. I, there's still arguments that people who schedule Facebook posts don't get as much engagement. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that much is anymore. Um, but I always, I noticed that when I was managing some, some big accounts, when it would see that schedule, that little Hootsuite icon by the post, it, it did kind of kill engagement. So, yeah, well, I've, I've heard similar reports. I, I wish Facebook would come out and tell us either way, but it's, it just will not go away. And I, I've heard reports both ways. People have said that their engagement goes right down if they're using a tool such as Hootsuite. Or the the other tool is Edgar, which is a good, really mm-hmm. good tool. Um, it's expensive, unfortunately, but I, I was on a trial for two or three months, and I absolutely loved it. It was a just a really good way of um, scheduling. Well, put, first of all, putting your content into different categories and then scheduling that out and recycling through it. It was very, very good for your evergreen content. Right. But yeah, some people were complaining that their reach, particularly on Facebook, went down quite dramatically. So difficult yeah. to know. Just test. Oh, and here's a comment. Um, and I want to, Dustin South says, I, I love listening to English people say schedule. So uh, <laughs> he wants to say it like you do it now. So give give old Dustin a schedule for us. Yeah. <laughs> What what do I have to go schedule or schedule? I do you know, 
it's so funny because I was giving a training session the other day and I got completely confused about how I should how I say that word. I'm spending too much time with Americans and I've lost <laughs> I don't know what, what it is. So what what would you say? I'd say schedule, but I'm from East Texas and oh, we, okay. mangle, we mangle stuff all the time. So <laughs> um, here's a here's a, another question. Is there um, if you had unlimited money and resources and you could build your own social media tool, what would it be? Oh, you know, I think we need another hour to talk about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think it would have to, it would basically do all, all I, I, I subscribe to loads of different tools. So it would, it would have, it'd be a bit of buffer. It would do a bit of Hootsuite, Sprout Social. I, I really like Sprout Social, for example, but it's expensive and it doesn't do a few things. Um, it would have a bit of Twitterland. I don't know if you heard of Twitterland, which is great for analytics, finding influencers. It would have a bit of that. It would have a bit of friends plus me. It would basically be all these kind of merged into one. Okay. Um, and yeah, the, the other thing that I find very frustrating is the way most tools don't allow you to properly filter Twitter, for example, or actually Google Plus. So I kind of made my made my own tool. Uh, for Twitter, which enables, it's called Tools, and it's a, a WordPress plugin, and it effectively allows you to filter out stuff that you're not wanting to follow on, on Twitter. So for me, I, I want to kind of look at a Twitter list, but I want to actually uh, filter out anything to do that's been posted via a scheduling tool, and what are people actually saying right now without any links or anything. So. I don't think anything really like that exists. You kind of can on on, on Hootsuite and uh, TweetDeck, but not really to the same degree. Gotcha. Um, I want to drop right because uh, we we both saw uh, Mark Schaefer talk at Social Media Market World, and I know you're a big fan as well. And I'm in the middle of reading Content Code, which is an incredibly good book uh, that people need to to read. Um, one of the things he mentioned in the book is epic content. Now that epic content, he says, just earns you now a seat at the table. You know, that's, it's not enough just to make epic content. You have, I mean, that's just required. Mm. Um, and he says the, the key is to igniting followers so they want to share it. And that's where, mm. you know, his whole premise is, you know, how do we do that? Um, so how do you see that? Because, I mean, his whole thing is we've got so much content. We've got, there's going to be what they say, uh, uh, another three webs by this time, you know, in two years or something, something crazy. Um, so what are what are we as marketers and social media? How's that going to impact us? What do you think we have to do? I mean, I know this is a hard question, but what what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it, it it obviously you have to have really good quality content, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a blog post. It could be video, it could be a podcast, it could be whatever um, type of format you're comfortable in, and also maybe where uh, looking at your markets, uh, what are your competitors doing? Are they all doing blog? blog posts, in which case actually maybe doing a video might be good because they're not doing it. So that's that would be one thing. And I know Mark Schaefer talks about that in his book. Um, but I mean, it's really about instead of following lots and lots of visitors um, to your blog or getting big high numbers, loads of Twitter followers, it's finding the, I think Mark Schaefer calls this your alpha audience. Mm. Uh, the people who are your biggest fans, the people that will just share your content without even thinking. And it's finding those people and engaging with those 
um, that is absolutely vital. And actually, that reminds me, that would have been one other thing that I would add to that kind of amazing uh, mythical tool that doesn't right. exist. You know, finding how do you find out who is actually your alpha audience? And you can find out who's retweeting your stuff lots. But um, actually, one of the things Mark Schaefer talks about, there are some people that maybe aren't sharing stuff, but they might be sharing it by email. Uh-huh. The kind of, I suppose we call that the kind of dark, is it kind of the dark social media? Um, and you can't really measure that. There might be people that are just talking about your stuff. Um, and it's engaging with them. And, um, and they're the people that will um, actually, you could be your biggest customers and, and um, ignite your content and move it forwards. Yeah, I think that's all good points. Um, because, you know, I, I think of Pinterest. Pinterest is just like other networks. I mean, just getting at the table, you, you have to create a, an awesome image. I mean, that's pretty much required if you're going to be successful on Pinterest. And so I'm trying to think of what's it going to take for people to stand out on Pinterest? You know, pinning videos. You know, you can pin audio files now. And I think it's, like you said, trying to find out what your audience wants. Hmm. What are, what, you know, my most, my repin that gets pinned the most is this stupid gingerbread house that looks like the Shire in Lord of the Rings. That is my number one. And I didn't, that was a repin that I did, but that thing went crazy. And so hmm. as, what does that tell me about my audience? Do I need to, to handle <laughs> Star Wars geeks or, I mean, what, anyway, it's just interesting. And I think you have to look and see and, just like you know this show we the, this show and my company has taken a number of pivots i never thought i'd be on pinterest but i pivoted because of that um so do you have any thoughts of what it's going to take um and i'll put you on the spot to stand out on pinterest you know do you have any ideas or what are you looking for when you go to pinterest well i am looking for good quality images stuff that resonates with me and also something pins that will resonate with my followers as well and the people that i'm trying to reach so i look i look at what i what i'm into i mean i obviously i'm into social media and uh, technology but i also we were talking about authenticity and there are other things that interest me. So music, I mean, I've got a, I think I've got a board on silly music videos, for example. Um, I've probably got a kind of a geek board. I can't remember now. So there are different aspects of what I want that about of me that I want to share on there. So that, that would be one thing. Um, And yeah, just really standing out with quality content, but most of all uh, is actually engaging with those people. So finding out, who, again, who your alpha audience is. Um, and, I mean, you tell me um, on, on this one, but I, I wonder whether certainly group boards is one of those ways because you are connecting with other people and you're kind of building that together. That's probably a good way. And also connecting with those people on other networks, mm. such as Google Plus or Twitter, um, doing Google Hangouts so that you get to know each other and you can connect that way. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of times I see people not even on Pinterest because there's not a lot of engagement that goes on. It's just it doesn't happen a lot. But when it does, people don't capitalize on that. If somebody says, hey, I liked your post, they won't answer them back on Pinterest, which I think is such a wasted opportunity. Uh, And so I would I encourage people to do that as well. And also, um, like you said, is is if you find somebody on Pinterest, and that you like and you have a relationship with, man, go follow them on Facebook or, or, or whatever, because uh, 
that stuff happens. It's almost like what we did at Social Media Marketing World. You know, we went there and went, oh, yeah, I f- okay, I follow you there, and, and, and things happen. And so I think it's uh, that cross-pollination between networks is very important. I have one more comment I want to pull up before we go to the last questions um, here. Let me pull it up from uh, Mr. Mike Alton. He says, this is the quote of the day. I'm spending too much time <laughs> with Americans. So that give you uh, an honorary American pass or something. Oh, that's great. No, I, I love spending time with Americans. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have, this is the question I ask all, all people who've been on my show is, uh, do you have any advice? This is a mainly Pinterest show. Do you have any advice for guys uh, who are coming on Pinterest? What would you say to do? Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, there are loads of interesting pins for men on Pinterest already. So, you know, first of all, don't, don't worry about that. Uh, and actually, despite there being more women using that work, um, there are some really, really fantastic pins that will be interesting to you. Right. And I think it's a good time to, to join, get in there, get, get, build up some content early before the rest of the men join Pinterest. So I think get in there quick, be an early adopter. Yeah. I've said this before, but you know, it's the fact males joining Pinterest are the fastest growing demographic on Pinterest. Mm. So, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's a great time to kind of get on the ground floor. So, Ian, thanks so much for being here. Where is some um, a uh, good place we can find out about you and more of your services? Yeah, well, my my blog is iag.me. Uh, so that's where all my uh, my blog posts are, and you can contact me there um, to my contact form. And I've also got a, a mailing list. That's where I kind of I'm trying to share some extra tips and connect with people. I try to be very good at emailing people back. Um, so please do contact me that way. And uh, also Twitter, so that's I-A-G-D-O-T-M-E, I-A-G.me, and on uh, Google Plus as well. Awesome, awesome. And well, Ian, thanks so much for being here. Um, as always, I'd love for you guys to head over to manlypinterestips.com, click on the sidebar and subscribe to the email community. And I'm trying a new thing. Um, you can also now text Manly Pinterest Tips to 33444. That's Manly Pinterest Tips to 33444. That way you'll never miss one of our great guests like we had today with Ian. Because at Manly Pinterest Tips, we're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time.